0: 160 students, a little over 160 students, 35 students got saved this last week. Isn't that awesome? 22 students that got baptized on Friday and Man, as we were getting back on Friday, a young man said, you know what? I got saved this week. He said, I didn't want to get baptized there because I want my mom and my dad who don't know Jesus to watch me get baptized. So he said, you know what I want to do, Pastor Eric? I said, what's that? He said, I want to get baptized Easter Sunday morning so my family in the world can know that I have trusted Jesus Christ. Isn't that great news? So we celebrate that. Uh, I tell you what, what a, a great week. But you know what I, I, I found out rather quickly playing paintball? Get the pastor. Shoot the pastor. We're out there playing paintball with the kids. And uh, I'll tell you what, Bob, and I, I didn't last very long, Brother Bobby, in the first round. One of those kids hit me square between the eyeballs. I mean, I got this mask on. I turn poof, and that they that just explodes everywhere. I mean, they lit me up pretty good out there. But what fun that was, and what fun it was! I'm telling you, it was a joy watching my wife. They don't, they play ultimate frisbee, but they use a what? An octopus. It was a joy to watch my wife on that field catching that thing and throwing that. I mean, that is a huge... I mean, Amy hates bugs. And to watch her grab that thing and throw it, what fun. But I tell you what, everybody, please look at me. Do not miss this. Ministry is messy. When we... Keep diving in the people's hearts and lives. It gets messy. If you don't want a messy church, you're going to be a dead church. As a matter of fact, one of the... as I've still got my wristband on for the young man I've been praying for. One of our senior adults who had their wristband on, they said a person came up to him and said, man, have you been in the hospital? Are you okay? They said, oh, no, I'm just praying for this student to get saved or know Jesus. Last week, breakout camp, it was a spiritual hospital. And when we are a spiritual hospital, when we're reaching out to the unreached, it's going to get ugly at times. It's not always going to be easy. But aren't you grateful that Jesus Christ came to us and it wasn't easy? Aren't you grateful Jesus didn't say, get all cleaned up and fixed up before you come? Aren't you grateful that Jesus bought you as is? So don't think, don't think, Lord, when we go to these 2,000 homes, it's it's, going to get a little messy. But remember this. A non-messy church is a dead church. So let's be a messy church. Let's be a spiritual hospital. Let's be a hospital people can know Jesus. Here's the invitation. In about 30 minutes, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to come Step in the circle and say, God, within this circle will you bring brokenness and revival? If we want to see the incredible power of God rest upon us, if we want to see what only God can do, here's the invitation. Here's a challenge. To come, step in the circle, and say, God, within this circle, will you bring a great move of God and a brokenness in my life? How does a great move of God begin? A great move of God begins with one person after another that gets in the circle and say, oh God, will you make a move of God and bring brokenness in my life and rip out of me everything that doesn't belong to you and you place everything of you in me. So I'm asking you, you will make a choice from the very back row to the very front. Every one of us are going to make a choice. Are we going to say, Pastor Eric, I'm not going to step in that circle. I don't need that circle. Look at me. I look pretty good, don't I? You know why a lot of people won't step in the circle of brokenness? Because of pride. Pride keeps a lot of people from stepping in the circle and saying, Oh, God, we want to see a great move of God, and we want the power of God to rest upon us. And, God, I'm asking you, I'm stepping in the circle, and I'm asking you, "Oh Holy Spirit of God, do whatever you must do. Do whatever it must take to rip all of me out and just have you left in me. Some people say, No, 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 I'm not going to do that, Pastor Eric. That's kind of crazy. You're about to make a choice. Are you going to be willing to step in the circle and say, God, let brokenness and revival begin right here? Have you ever sat through a church service and the preacher's preaching, he's getting pretty hot and heavy about something, and and sometimes you ever been guilty of this? Man alive, God, I just pray the person in front of me is getting it. God, get him, Lord. Oh, come on. Haven't you ever said that? I mean, sometimes I pray, God, just get them, Lord. Seek it into them. But that's not what this 30 minutes is about. It's not about the person in front of you, behind you, next to you. It's about you. Because here's what I know. One day you will stand before God. I'm not going to be there with you. The person sitting around of you not going to be there. It is going to be you. You're not going to stand before God and be held accountable what the person did in front of you, behind you. You're going to be standing before God accountable for you. And guess what? He knows everything that's going on. He's keeping a perfect record. So why don't we step into the circle and say, God, bring brokenness in this circle. Turn with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to see this incredible text of Scripture. Incredible text of Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse number 7. This is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is just having a very raw, real conversation with God. You know, Doug, what I love about the Scripture, the Scripture doesn't flowery everything up. The Bible is just raw. I mean, the Bible puts everything out there. The Bible puts the good, the bad, the indifferent. It's just just out there. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, the Apostle Paul is just having an incredible conversation with God, and it's pretty raw. As a matter of fact, in this conversation, the Apostle Paul is going to cry out three times. You're going to see he is pleading. Have you ever pleaded before God for something? I mean, Paul is in this circle of brokenness, and from this circle of brokenness, in a place of humility, he is pleading out for God. God, will you please remove this? It's just us in this room. We're just family. Have you ever pleaded for God to remove something? Have you, Have you ever pleaded for God to remove something? Here's Paul pleading out to God. God, will you remove this? God said, no, I'm not going to remove it. But here's the reason why I'm not going to remove it. I want everybody to please look at me. Do not miss this. The power of God does not rest upon us in our Pride. The power of God does not rest upon us in our arrogance. The power of God does not rest upon what we can do. The power of God rests upon those that are broken and weak. And when I'm praying for us as a church family, that God will bring us to a place of incredible brokenness. Circle. A hula hoop. Does anybody know when the hula hoop started being manufactured? Anybody know what year? Anybody know what year? 1951. 1958. Anybody born in 1958? Couple of you. 1958, the hula hoop was, matter of fact, does anybody know how many did they sell in the very first four months? They sold 25 million of these suckers in the first four months. Too bad we didn't come up with that idea. They sold them for $1.98, is what they sold for. And as a matter of fact, let me tell you who can really hula hoop. My wife, Amy, can hula hoop. And Amy said, whatever you do, Pastor, do not get me up there the hula hoop. But you, you got I need your help on something. You do have to know something about Amy, though. She walks in her sleep. Last week, one night, she walked 6,000 steps in her sleep. So, if you live in Port Orange and you see my wife in your neighborhood, please send her home. I mean, we were at a youth camp. We were at a youth camp at the beach. Amy did not wake up when she got out of our bed. She did not wake up when she left the resort. She did not wake up until her feet hit the ocean. Not long ago, when she was sleepwalking, she walked up and down her steps. She did ten flights of steps in her sleep. I have a question. I don't want you to sleepwalk through this sermon. I want you to come get in the circle. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven. Are you with me? All right, here we go. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. Paul, the greatest missionary ever. Acts chapter 9. What happened in Acts chapter 9? Acts chapter 9 is when he was on the road. And Acts chapter 9 tells us that he met Jesus. Acts chapter 9, he went from being outside of the circle of brokenness. In Acts chapter 9, God brought an incredible brokenness into his life. But not only did God bring him to a place of brokenness in Acts chapter 9, God kept Paul in a place of brokenness. Notice again what this text of Scripture says. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, God's doing a great work. St. Paul... You don't need to be exalted. Jesus needs to be exalted. So what happens in verse number 7? A thorn in the flesh was given to me. Here's the greatest missionary ever. Here's the one that God had revealed so much to. And Paul is saying, but in this circle of brokenness, God has put a thorn in my flesh. When he'll really dive deep into it, it's like God has put a stake in me. God has put a splinter in me. Paul's saying, but God's put the storm in my flesh. There's this splinter in me. I want every one of you to look at me. When we step into the circle of brokenness, guess what? God will allow things to come in our life so we will not be exalted, but the name of Jesus Christ will be exalted. Quite a few years ago, our our family was with some people, and our youngest son, Matthew, he was on the back porch, and he went across their back porch. He was in just his bare feet, and it was a wood porch. And when he got done with it, he literally had hundreds of splinters in his feet. I mean, when you looked at his feet, all you could just see the splinters off the deck. I remember Amy and I placing him on the bed, and we started pulling them out one by one by one. The Apostle Paul in this text of Scripture, he's got a thorn in his flesh physically. But God wasn't going to waste it. No, it was a thorn physically. Look what was going over with him spiritually. Look at the first part. of it. Here's this thorn that is in his flesh. He is overwhelmed by it. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. You know what that word buffet, make that, mark that word buffet. You know what that really means? It means to hit somebody with a closed fist. He said that this messenger, that word messenger is the same word as angel, but those things, that they are shooting darts at the apostle Paul, all of these evil thoughts, all of these things, and they are coming at him like a closed fist. This, the hitting. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like the fiery darts are being shot at you? Have you ever felt like those things are coming to you and the fist is closed and it's coming at you? Look at the text of Scripture says, Paul says, I've got this thorn, this, this issue. It's coming at me. It is swinging hard at me. Look what it says on in verse 7. Look at the end of this. Lest I be exalted above measure. Have you ever thought that thorn in your flesh was used so the glory of God could shine through it? Here is Paul saying, God, I'm in this circle of brokenness and this thorn is there. It is so difficult. But Lord, not so I'll be exalted. Look at the next verse. Look at verse number 8. What does Paul do with this? He said, Lord, I'm in this circle of brokenness. And Lord, it is difficult, it is not easy. Look at verse 8. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times. Right next to that text of Scripture, I want you to put down Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 through 46. Does anybody know what is happening in Matthew chapter 26 in verse 36 through 46? Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. And what is Jesus doing in the garden of Gethsemane? He goes in there, Peter, James, and John. And remember, he goes and he prays and he says, Lord God, if this cup, what does he say? Lord, if this what? Can pass from me. But then what does Jesus say? Not my will. But he says, your will be done. Does anybody know how many times does Jesus have that conversation? How many times did Jesus say, Lord God, if this cup can pass for me, let it pass? How many times? Three times. Three times Jesus said, Lord God, if this can pass for me, let it pass for me. Aren't you grateful that Jesus' life was broken so your life can be healed. Here's the Apostle Paul in his text of Scripture. Look at it in verse 8. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might be, depart from me. The very thing, look at me, the very thing that might be the thorn in their flesh, it might be the very thing that the power of God wants to shine through. The very thing that you're pleading, God, remove this from me. It might be that very thing that God wants His grace to be sufficient in. Here's what I've learned. The power of God shines greatly through our stuff. May I ask you again? Will you come step in the circle of brokenness? There's four different types of people, how they're going to respond. Write these four types of people down. There's going to be some people, well, I don't understand that circle of brokenness. Why should I go in the circle of brokenness? There's four different types of people in this room. One type of person say, but Lord, I, am, I don't understand this. There's going to be some people in this room that say, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it my way, how I want to do it. Some people are going to say, man, Pastor Eric, I really don't understand that. Some people are going to say, Pastor Eric, I am not going to do that. But you know what? There's going to be a group of people in this room that are going to say, you know what? Lord God, bring the brokenness in my life, and every chance there is, bring brokenness. Let me ask you a question. What are you today? Are you willing to say, are you the one saying, Lord, I'm not going to be broken? Are you the one saying, I don't understand this? Are you going to say, Lord God, whatever you do, please bring me to the end of myself so that the glory of God may rest upon my life? I mean, notice what happens in this text of scripture. Look at verse number nine. It is absolutely incredible. Verse nine And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, my strength is made perfect in weakness. when we enter into the circle of brokenness and we're asking God to do only what God can do, guess what happens? He will give us the grace and He will give us the strength. It says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Look at what Paul says in verse 9. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. Here's the key to it. Look at this in verse 9. I want every one of you to look at this. Therefore, I rather boast in my affirmities that the power, mark that word power. You know that what the Greek word is there for power? It means unlimited power. It is the unlimited power of God. It is the power of God that when God said, let there be light, and there was light, let there be land, and there was land, it is the power of God that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul is saying, "I'm going to boast in my infirmities. I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. I'm going to boast in those things, and in my weakness and in my brokenness, that the unlimited power of God will rest upon me." First Baptist. We're a family together, and if we want the unlimited power of God to rest upon us, it happens when we boast in the infirmities, and we boast in the glory of Jesus Christ. I mean, do we want to experience the unlimited power of Christ to rest upon us? you got to come stand in the circle and say, Lord God, bring brokenness and bring revival and let it begin right here. Here's what the American church has done. We want to seek the power of God, but we don't want to seek brokenness in His face. I want everybody to look right here at me. This is what's happened in the American church. We want to seek the power of God, but we don't want to seek the brokenness in the face of God that is required to experience the, all the power, the unlimited power of God. If we want to see what only God can do, we got to say, Oh God, bring me to the end of myself. Look what it says in verse number 10. This is a strong statement, and can we literally say this in our life? Therefore, I take pleasure. Therefore, I take pleasure. Here's what we want. We want a Christianity of being comfortable. I want to break some news to you. God is not, God doesn't care if you're comfortable. What he cares about that you look more like him. We got to remember God wants to transform us into the image of his son. He is more concerned about the goal of us looking like Jesus than the comfort of who we are today. God's more concerned that we look like his son Jesus than us just being happy. God wants us to look like his son Jesus. That requires brokenness. That's why Paul says in verse 10, Therefore, I take pleasure in the infirmities. Therefore, I take pleasure in reproaches. Therefore, I take pleasure in needs. Therefore, I take pleasure in persecutions. Therefore, I take pleasures in distresses. Therefore, I take pleasure for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am what? Can I tell you, it is the power of God that rests upon us as we take pleasure in the difficulties and we say, God, I stand in the circle. God, bring revival and bring brokenness. The question is, how do you define brokenness? Write this definition down of brokenness, and I want you to get this. Brokenness is the process Brokenness is the process where God brings us to the end of ourself and takes us to a place of trust, takes us to a place of love and submission to His authority. Brokenness is the process that God brings us to the end of ourself so we can love and we can trust and we can submit to God. Three things that looks like. Let me give you these three things. I want you to write these three things down. This is important. You can't miss this. Number one, brokenness requires the shattering of our self-will. Brokenness requires of us the shattering of our self-will. When we stand, I'm going to ask you in just a moment, are you willing to come and stand in the circle of brokenness? And you're saying, God, will you shatter my self-will? Shatter everything about me and only leave you. You know what it is saying? It is saying, yes, Lord, whatever you want. It's saying it's no longer about me. It is about you. That's why Paul said, For I take pleasure in these things, because it was a shattering of all of his self-will, so that the glory of Christ may rest upon him. First thing, God shatter our self-will. Right this second thing, that I want you to get this. Brokenness is the stripping away of our self-reliance and independence from God. Brokenness is the process where God strips away our self-reliance and independence from God. We live in an American society that we're so independent and we can do it. God does the opposite. He places us in a place that we are completely dependent upon Him. God... Grace, all this self-reliance. First Baptist, please look right here at me. Easter Sunday morning is going to be incredible. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, and we're going to break ground as we begin a new building. But let me tell you what, it is going to take complete brokenness. We cannot have self-reliance upon us and what we can do. We are going to have to rely upon the treasures of heaven and the glory of God. We have got to be broken, and it cannot be what we have done. When those first two buildings get done, we can't cross our arms and say, look what we just did. When we move in those first two buildings by God's grace, we're going to say, hey, we are weak. We are all these things. It was the power of the Holy Spirit of God in God. We are not going to be self-reliant. We are not saying it's anything about us. It is the glory of God that has done a great work. Brokenness brings you to a place where we're not self-reliant. When I think about that, write this scripture down in Luke chapter 9. I mean, Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 in verses 9 through 14, Jesus is telling a parable. And he's telling the, the parable about the two that went up to pray. On one side, Jesus is telling the parable that you've got the tax collector on one side. Remember, the tax collector is there prey, And remember, he doesn't even look up. I mean, the tax collector, he gets in the circle of brokenness, and he said, Lord God, I am so broken. I am so messed up. He won't even look up. There's one in that parable in the circle, remember the publican on the other side, remember this? He's over there praying, Lord God, I have fasted two days this week, and I give my money, and I am not like that hellion. Have you ever met somebody like that? Oh. You know, he's over here praying, and he's so arrogant. He has done all of I've done all of this. And in that parable, the one that was in the circle of brokenness, he who humbles himself will be exalted. Brokenness that God removes, self-reliance. Here's the third thing, and I'm done. When God brings brokenness, we pray that he will soften our heart. Soften the soul of our heart. God, soften us so we can hear from heaven. Paul, the greatest missionary ever, said, I've got this thorn in my flesh. He pleaded, Lord, remove it. But God said, No. It's those very things that the power of God will rest upon him. Here's the invitation. Every one of us is about to make a decision. Are we going to be that person and say, well, I'm not going to step in that circle. I'm going to do it my way. It's really working out well for you, isn't it? imagine what would happen in this room if all of us set all of our pride aside could you imagine what would happen in this room if we would bring the thorn that is in our flesh Can you imagine what would happen today if we just came in our weakness Lord, will you bring brokenness in this circle? Lord, will you bring revival in this circle? Lord, I need you. My life belongs to you. Today... Come and say, Lord, it's the day. Set your pride aside, set all that you are and say, Lord, here I am. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that your grace is sufficient. God, we thank you that when we are weak, you are strong. Lord, please forgive us for our self-reliance. Forgive us, Lord, for our pride and our arrogance. And Lord, we call out upon you, the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the great I am. And God, we're saved. God, we're willing to step in the circle and God bring brokenness and bring revival in that circle. And God, through brokenness, the power of God will rest upon us. This morning, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ to be your Savior and your Lord, you've never been saved, in just a moment I'm going to invite you to Christ. Just come to one of the pastors and say, I need Jesus today. Maybe you've been visiting with us a long time, or maybe this is your first Sunday and God wants you to be your church home. Why don't you come and join the day? But for every one of us, here is a decision. Today, you must choose whom you will serve. Today, in just a moment, we're going to stand and I'm inviting you. Like so many are already at the altar praying, crying out to God. If you're saying, Lord, I'm willing to step in the circle. God, bring brokenness and bring revival in this circle. And Lord, bring me to the place that I can take pleasure in the reproaches. I can take pleasure in the infirmities. I can take pleasure in the difficulties so that the power of God may rest upon me. In just a moment, when we stand and we sing, you start coming and you say, Lord God, today is the day I am going to stand in the circle. And God, do a work that only you can do. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, let there be a freedom in this place. God, break every stronghold, break everything. God, we pray that we will yield absolutely everything to you. God, may we step in the circle. Bring brokenness. Bring revival. In Christ's name. Amen. In just a second, we're gonna stand. We're gonna